I like being playfully mean. It's kind of a little ticklish. It's more like they're just kind of giggling. Or you can be really torturous about it in the point mm. where they're screaming. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Santagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that wants to be a part of the show, if you feel like you have something to share, uh, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, go to OPLshow.com or send us an email directly at OPLpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you want to join our Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash OPLshow. It helps support the show. You get a bunch of bonus episodes that never appear on this main channel. You get behind-the-scenes episodes every week to find out what topic we'll be discussing that upcoming Thursday. And 25% of all the Patreon proceeds go to a new charity each month. So you get to be part of that discussion, helping decide uh, what we want to donate to that month. So really cool. Help support the show. You could check that out at patreon.com slash OPL show. And today we will be covering a topic that honestly, I'm pretty shocked that we haven't talked about on the show yet, but that happens every so often. So we're going to be covering uh, tickle fetish a tickle fetish or speaking to a woman who has a tickle fetish uh so we've got the guest on the line thanks for being on thanks for having me yeah of course so i the kind of biggest question i have to kick this off is i guess we've all been tickled especially kind of as children so for you in particular how did you begin to learn that tickling you know meant i guess something more whether it be sexual or just you know more excitement that you got from it than probably the average person feels yeah um so i was really young when i first noticed my interest in tickling um probably like five years old or you know in kindergarten something around then um and i feel like there's a couple distinct sort of memories or aspects that um you know I look back on and I was like, you know, I, I could tell that I was really attracted to it, but also didn't want to be tickled by certain people or in a certain way. Um, so for example, I had a cousin who would like threaten to like chase me around and tickle me. And I remember just being like really freaked out by it and like going to my mom and being like, he's, you know, he's saying he's going to tickle me, you know, and, um, and really hating that. Um, and then, Yet at the same time, you know, a couple years later when I started developing crushes on like little boys, um, you know, I have this memory of playing freeze tag on a playground with a bunch of kids from my school. And I would notice that some of the kids would try to get each other to unfreeze by tickling them. So I would like purposefully freeze with my arms up in the hopes that the little boy I had a crush on would like tickle me. So even at that young age, when I like didn't know what sex was, I still was like, I want people I like to tickle me, but I don't want people I don't like and or relatives to tickle me. So I still was kind of making those connections. Got it. So when you get a little, <clears throat> sorry, when you get a little older, um, when did you start to realize exactly what was going on? Because when you're a kid, I know like, you know, you're kind of experimenting and you know, you like certain things, but you don't really know what's going on. You don't know that like what arousal or sex is or, you know, anything like that. So at what point did you kind of start to realize like, oh, this is actually something that is arousing to me? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, and, you know, we can talk more about sort of like the things that 
I was interested when I was a child um, and sort of my, my interest in, in those. And then sort of when it tipped over in my teens, my early teens of like, Oh, this is like a sexual thing. And I'm, I'm into this. Um, but, but I would say like around basically around the age I had access to the internet is when it all was like, okay, this is a thing called a fetish. This is like sexual. I, I understand now what sex is. And so you know, I would say probably like around age like 12 or 13 was kind of um, when I, I remember writing in a diary, like confessing to the diary, uh, you know, I think I, I like tickling or, you know, so I can't remember what it, what how I phrased it. Um, but yeah, like searching on the internet when for, for just like tickling or tickling in sex and like finding these websites where, um, you know, there were images of people being tickled and, um, you know, being really interested in that. But um, the fact of the matter is, I mean, I had been masturbating and thinking about tickling since like the very beginning. So when I was really young, um, which is interesting because again, I didn't really, when you're that young, all you know is this feels good when I touch myself. And also I like to think about this particular thing and it isn't until years later, I was like, oh, you know, that's what I've been doing all those years. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would say like, you know, like a lot of fetishists, um, you know, I think I, even on your show, like some people talk about it being like super, super, super young. Like I, you know, it was a fetish, a sexual fetish from the very beginning, even though I myself was pre-sexual at that time. And then once I learned what sex was and all that stuff, then I started making the connection like, oh, okay, this this is a sexual thing for me, not just simply it feels good to think about, you know. Right. And is that sort of something that you chose to explore right away as you kind of explain transitioning into your teenage years now, really understanding uh, the kind of relation of tickling to sexual arousal? Did you pursue it like kind of in, in partners or was it something that, you know, you know, almost suppressed a little bit before kind of discovering it or, or acting it out? I didn't, I didn't um, explore it with partners until I was 25 years old, but I was also a late bloomer sexually. Um, I didn't have my first kiss or my first sexual partner until I was 21 years old um, or like 20 going on 21, something, something like around there uh, and in college. And then, you know, it took me a couple years to kind of get started. Um, I was really shy around boys and you know, kind of had this love hate relationship with boys when I was in my um, teens and like in high school. So um, the only exploration I was doing sexually and tickling wise was just with myself and with basically internet exploration, fantasies, that kind of thing, writing stories, that sort of thing. And yeah, I think I was 25. I had a pretty serious boyfriend at the time. And I, I told him, you know, I'm into this thing. And, and he was like, uh, you know, he, he let me tickle him. I don't think he was super into it, but um, he wanted to please me. And he was also, he had a bit of a submissive streak so I, that, you know, so he let me explore in that regard. And then from then on, um, you know, every sexual partner, almost every sexual partner I've had or every romantic partner I've had, I've, I've told at that point. So how exactly do you sort of go about this tickling thing? Is it more of like a foreplay thing or is it um, something that actually brings you to orgasm? Um, you know, I would say I use it more as a foreplay thing um, when I have sex. Um, 
I need to be like thinking about it to have an orgasm basically like it needs to be in my fantasies or in my thoughts to to actually push me over the edge um but uh actually the irony would be that you know if if I had a partner who was like I don't know going down on me or something and I was about to orgasm I'm pretty sure if they tickled me like I would not like it would be too much of a distraction and I wouldn't know so it's it's kind of ironic in that Mm -hmm. way um but yeah, I would say that, you know, the way I do it, and of course, like everybody in the, you know, who are into tickling, it's very different. Um, but I prefer to sort of use it as more of a way to get turned on um, and, you know, and then also have regular sex. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you could, I mean, there's no, there's no order things have to go in. Um, you could have regular sex and then tickle somebody. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of how, how it is for me. Um, for me, it's more... Uh, to be honest, a lot of it is very internal. Um, it's very sort of in my head. Um, but, you know, I, I do get excited and happy when I get to actually explore it with another person. And you also mentioned that you were tickling your partner at the time. Is that also part of it? Or do you only like when people tickle, tickle you? So I'm a switch. Um, I like both. But I would definitely say uh, if I had to pick, I would I would prefer to cop or do the tickling. Actually, with the way they phrase it in the tickling community is uh, if you're a lee or a lure, right? So a tickle lee or a tickle lure. So mm-hmm. I would say that I'm more of a lure. Um, that's my preference. Uh, the one thing that's interesting about this kink is that, of course, I'm sure you're not surprised, a lot of people hate being tickled. <laughs> so... There's been a number of, you know, guys I've dated where, you know, I'll mention it and they'll just be like, um, I, I hate being tickled. Like, don't do that. And of course, I I won't do that as that's, you know, that would be non-consensual. Um, you know, and it's a little bit of a bummer. But on the other hand, you know, most most people aren't against like if you say, oh, well, will you tickle me? Like most people are not don't have a problem with that. So so it's kind of nice because I can tap into it. Um, if I want to in a more submissive way. Um, but ideally, if I had my druthers, it would be me doing the tickling. Okay. I love that. Lee and Lur. I love learning terms like that. Uh, <laughs> that's so cool. So what is it then for you specifically, I guess, about the act of tickling? Because we've all been tickled or tickled or have tickled, I assume. But, you know, what is it for you that's such a turn on specifically? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I think like loss of control is a big part of it. Um, I really also like bondage a lot. And so, you know, if I'm especially if I'm, you know, just fantasizing just on my own looking at like porn or stories or whatever, I I strongly prefer there to be like a really strict bondage element where like a person cannot move. Um, And so I kind of like that idea of kind of going crazy uh, while being restrained um, or like wanting to protect yourself and not being able to. Mm. Um, And then I'm trying to think like, you know, I'm not really into, I'm not really into like humiliation or degradation, but I do kind of like being the way I term it is I like being playfully mean to partners. Um, And I feel like this is a really good sort of like activity to do that you can like ramp it up or ramp it down. Right. So you can be very teasing about it where the other person like is, it's kind of a little ticklish. It's more like they're just kind of giggling or you can be really torturous about it and where they're screaming. And of course, all of that must be negotiated ahead of time. Um, But I kind of like that, that sort of like role of sort of the, 
uh, mean, like slightly bitchy dominatrix who's like, you know, oh, you can't get away, can you? Like, what? But you're smiling, you're laughing, you must like this, right? You know, like that kind of thing. Um, so, so I think I really, really enjoy like tapping into that role. Yeah, I can, I can see how that's, you know, just a fun form of play in general for a lot of people, even if it doesn't necessarily have kind of the fetish aspect. And, you know, people do have such a strong reaction to tickling. And it kind of reminds me, Joe, I remember we kind of made the connection when we were talking to someone with a sneeze fetish about the act of sneezing and how physical that is. And uh, tickling specifically is, you know, someone, like you said, losing all control. It's kind of this full body action if the person, you know, truly is uh, ticklish. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly kind of like one of the most physical things or, or reactions that I can think of, to be honest. Yeah. It, it's actually really interesting because I think in a way, um, cause obviously with, when, when we talk about BDSM, a lot of people think about pain, right? Like think about like being whipped or flogged, but I actually think like people can control their reactions to pain better than tickling. Like you can really yeah. be stoic and stuff, but with tickling, it's like, if you're ticklish, you really can't control yourself. Um, and, and it's, yeah. So I think that that's kind of the fun of it, um, is this sort of like inducing this reaction in somebody that they, they can't control. Um, yeah, definitely. Is there a specific, uh, spot that you enjoy being tickled or that you enjoy like tickling other people? Yes. Um, I'm really into armpits and under the arms. That's my favorite one mm -hmm. in the tickling community like feet are obviously huge no surprise there there's a lot of crossover with like foot fetishism um you know which makes total sense and i'm not like against feet but i'm not particularly into feet either um for some reason i i and i do kind of trace this back like i can definitely remember reading stories where like you know it specifically described like a person tied up with their arms over their head um and like trying to put their arms down but couldn't and um and i i both like to tickle that part of the body but i also that is my preferred spot to be tickled on and what's interesting about it is that that's actually not my most ticklish spot um i'm, I'm not really sure what is i would say like maybe uh inner thighs or feet might be my most ticklish spot but what's interesting about it is that when i'm being tickled i almost like i wanted to get this balance where i experience the ticklish sensation but it it's i can still it's not so intense that i can still process it like if someone's tickling me in a really ticklish spot i i can't even my brain just shuts down and it's like i'm just like get away get away get away whereas if i can if it's not that ticklish i can kind of sit there and like be like i'm tied up i can't move i'm this person is making me helpless. And that's kind of, you know, I can actually like sort of really just sink into the fantasy um, without my brain just completely shutting down and going wild. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think that that might have something to do with it where it's, it's, it is definitely ticklish, but it's more, um, I don't know, like more taps into the psychological side of things. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Cause you mentioned that a few times of just how, sort of you, you need to just be able to be thinking about it clearly where maybe the tickle itself won't necessarily bring you to orgasm but just knowing you know what's going on or thinking about it so you know for example 
like as a I guess before you were able to explore this with partners and you were talking about just kind of coming to terms with it understanding it yourself is like self tickling a thing is that almost like a form of masturbation or were you just was it more so just mentally thinking about like the act of tickling or being tied up and getting tickled yeah well of course like you know there's the thing about you can't tickle yourself um which is not true you absolutely can tickle yourself um but you know it is it is much harder like i mm. really can't tickle my on the spots that i'm less sensitive it's i can't really do it but on my more sensitive spots i i could if i wanted to um and i would say that like i don't really i don't really think i ever experimented much with that um and i'm not i, I can't really speak to the whole community like if other people have experienced that i'm sure i'm sure people have um i think it's really for me very mental more thinking about it but i do like I definitely remember as a kid, like experimenting with self bondage a little bit, like, um, you know, like sitting there with your arms above your head or tying up like just your feet or something. So I definitely, um, you know, really like that feeling of restraint. And I definitely experimented with that, um, you know, when I was kind of experimenting as a teen. Um, but yeah, like I never really, I, I would sometimes like try to tickle myself and it would be too ticklish and I'd be like, I can't, you know, and that's, that's kind of the the ironic thing about it is like you know i mean you kind of need a partner to put you in that yeah i guess so yeah it's hard to push yourself like it's almost like working out with a trainer versus working out with yourself or something it's like to to keep tickling tickling yourself or get you to that point where it's like uh, almost like uncontrollable It, it would just be really hard to like induce that feeling by yourself i guess and then for the bondage aspect with tickling, how would you approach that with a partner? Like if you're in bondage, kind of getting uncontrollably tickled, is it sort of just like with BDSM, like would you set a safe word or like how does the partner kind of know, you know, what you like or how much you can handle? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I generally uh, would, you know, with a new partner, discuss safe words beforehand. Um, and it's one of those things where I don't think I've ever like, uh, with a partner, like, set a safe word or had them say one, it usually just could to a point where they're like, okay, that's enough. And I'm like, okay, I'll stop, you know, or whatever. Or, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, like, in, in my experiences, um, it's it's been just, you can kind of read your partner's signals and, like, kind of understand when they're done. Um, I also, like, another thing that is good to pay attention to is, like, if a person starts coughing, like, that's usually a sign they need to take a breath. Um and so, you know, um, you know, cause obviously if you're laughing hysterically, it's, uh, yeah, you're going to be, you gotta be careful. Cause like you could start hyperventilating or, you know, just, you know, I, I don't, I haven't, I haven't been in any situations where someone's like passed out or anything like that. Mm. <laughs> it, it is almost scary what you can do to someone that you're tickling, like I'm also, how uncontrollable it is. I'm also them. curious, like you were saying, like how you're mentioning this, like, how long typically does the tickling kind of go on? Because for me, like I'm like super ticklish. So for me, like three seconds, I'm like, I need to get out of here. Like, stop it. You know? So like, how often does it go on? Is it something that kind of lasts like a few minutes? Like, you know, the kind of foreplay foreplay is usually, you know, a pretty extended period of time, like more than a tickle session. It would be, I imagine, but how long does it usually go? 
Well, keep in mind that, like, if you tie someone to tickle them, you can do it in three second increments, you know, you could like tickle them for three seconds, let them rest. Um, So it can it can kind of go as long as you want. I I will say I've only had a couple partners who have um, like, okay, if we're talking about me as a top, um, I've only had a few partners who had the fetish themselves. Um, versus partners who had different kinks but were willing to let me tickle them. And with the partners who have had the kink itself, usually the sessions are much longer, um, you know, 45 minutes, an hour. Um, And of course, it's not like continuous tickling. Um, It's more like, you know, you tie them up and then you start gently and you like explore all the different parts of their body. And then... um, I have a big thing for implements. So like hairbrushes, feathers, you know, toothbrushes, all that kind of stuff. So exploring using different tools on different parts of the body. Um, And yeah, like if you're with someone who wants to be tickled, you know, I mean, they're probably going to be like cool with it for much longer than someone who doesn't like to be tickled. And again, like if I'm in the submissive role, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I mean, I think like if, if I had my brothers, you know, it would be a longer session, but it would be more like exploratory. Like someone would have like a whole bunch of different, you know, implements that they could use on me and discover like which spot is most sensitive and then go back to that spot and like tease me about that and do all that kind of stuff. And as long as like they're stopping to like, let me catch my breath, um, you know, I, I probably could do that for a while. Um, before, you know, eventually it, what can happen, I've seen this happen, is you can stop being ticklish at a certain point. Um, I played with a guy once who had a tickle fetish and I was really going like nuts on his feet. And at a certain point he stopped laughing and he was like, I can't feel it anymore. And like, it's like his body just was like, nope, we're done shutting down. Um, wow. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, and I think like, to a certain extent, I have maybe experienced that before, like, where you kind of your body almost gets used to it and it's like oh, okay this really isn't a threat anymore and then it's just like you know hmm. so yeah so i feel like i have to bring this up because so many people were kind of introduced to the tickle fetish world through the documentary tickled which kind of gives it a bad rap i think or, or correct me if i'm wrong if you know the exact plot but i think it was kind of he was luring people in through tickle videos and publishing them without them knowing or something like that. But I, I assume that, or from what I've heard, it kind of created a lot of, you know, maybe misconceptions around this community. Uh, is is that something you're kind of familiar with? Yeah, like I definitely, of course, watched that movie immediately when it came out. And what's ironic is I remember um, the, the bad guy, you know, David D'Amato, who has now passed mm-hmm. away he um he would he had the pseudonym terry tickle and i remember seeing her websites when i was like a teenager and being like oh yeah this terry tickle's got some good stuff here you know um so it's just so weird to think like oh that was that guy and he was like manipulating these people yeah you know one thing i i do appreciate about the movie is that um he also the guy who directs the movie um farrier he also interviews this guy named robert ivy i think his name is um who is the creator of My Friend's Feet, which is like a gay tickle site. And um, Robert, I hope I'm getting his name right, Robert Ivy. He, um, you know, he's he's pretty much like out and proud. Um, he's, you know, probably making a decent amount of money on his websites and stuff. And, you know, he's, 
an example of somebody who's doing it above board. Like everybody knows what they're getting into. There are safe words, um, you know. And so I'm glad that the director showed like, hey, all the people in detailing aren't all like manipulative sociopaths. Like there's people who are you know, creating this content, but like, it's all consensual. It, you, people get paid for it versus, you know, David D'Amato who used um, pseudonyms and other people to carry out his work and then manipulated those people into like basically being silent or like not trying to like take them to court and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that anybody who watches that isn't going to be like anyone who's into tickling is exactly like this one bad guy is, and it's more <laughs> like, Oh, there was this bad guy who, you know, did bad things essentially. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I'm just curious just because, you know, you're just so articulate about all of this and, you know, clearly something that you enjoy, something that you understand, something that you've explored, which is just always just awesome to hear you know, from anyone, you know, especially when we speak to guests like yourself. And is this something that you're open about with other people or just specific partners? Uh, or do you kind of just keep it to yourself for the most part? I would say that other than like sexual partners, I generally keep it to myself. Um, it, okay, like, I have, okay, so like, there's, you know, there's my sexual partners and my romantic partners. And then there's like my friends and then there's like my family. Um, and obviously like my family knows the least because I, I don't really want to sit down and have a conversation with my parents about kink. But at the same time, when I was in college, I did a, like, I did a, a big um, senior paper on BDSM. And like, I remember like talking to them about it and my dad kind of being like, Oh, you know, people like that are screwed up or whatever. And, you know, so I kind of was like, okay, well, I'll just not bring that up again because I mm -hmm. am people um but with friends they know like they know that i'm quote unquote kinky like but they don't necessarily know specifics right um so i kind of let them think whatever they want to think about that and they probably are like she's into bondage and leather and stuff and you know some of that's true and some of it's not and unless they ask me if they were to say like tell me more about that i'm interested i would be happy to share with friends mm. um but you know, I don't feel the need to be like, well, specifically I'm into this and yada, yada, you know, because it's like, well, I don't really expect my, my friends other than perhaps like my best friend who does know about the tickling and like who being besties, we like share a lot about our sex lives with each other. Um, but you know, uh, with, more vanilla friends, you know, I don't expect to hear like, Hey, I fucked my husband last night in this. Position. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not going to say I fucked my boyfriend in this position and I tickled him too, you know? Um, <laughs> so, and I will say though, I do have friends who are kinky and I, I would say that those friends do know because when you are kinky, even if you're not sharing the same fetish, you kind of speak the same language and like, you're not going to probably judge each other. Right. Um, so it's not like I would say, oh, I'm into this. And they, you know, would respond like, that's really stupid or, you know, whatever. They would probably be like, oh, yeah, I've heard about that, you know. So, so yeah, it, it just depends on the person. Um, but I, I'm not, you know, I'm not posting about it on social media or, <laughs> you know, or anything like that. Totally. Yeah, um, no. we, we usually ask, you know, our, our guests this, but do you think that, this would need to be a constant in your life? Like, do you think that you could 
potentially marry somebody who wasn't into this at all? Um, you know, I think I could. Um, I've had partners who are not into tickling specifically and like I it's been perfectly fine. Um, I would say though, however, I couldn't marry somebody who wasn't like kinky themselves or sex positive or at least like heading in that direction and open to that. You know, I, I would not marry somebody who was like, I'm don't want to do no, no tickling, no bondage, no spanking, you know, just whatever missionary style sex on Thursdays under the covers. Like I, I that would to me, that would be sexual incompatibility. Right. But, you know, I my per current partner um, it has like a kink himself. And, you know, I indulge him in his kink. He indulges me in my kink. And I think it works pretty good. We have good chemistry and previous partners, you know, same thing. Like if we had good chemistry and we were open-minded, the sex could work. And if we didn't have chemistry and one or the other of us was not open-minded, then it didn't work. So mm -hmm. um, I think in terms of it being a constant, it will be a constant in the sense of like, I will have this interest until I'm dead and I will always be thinking about it, <laughs> you know, um, during sex and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think that like, certain aspects could be negotiated with the right person right and that that's that's a cool way to approach it like you said sexual compatibility more so not necessarily the same exact kink um but just that open-mindedness and uh, i do want to ask is there as you kind of continue to explore this uh is there sort of a specific tickle fantasy that you haven't experienced yet that you would want to Oh, that's a good question. Like I, my fantasies like that I've acted out are very basic. It's like tie, tie someone up, tickle them the end. Um, and I've done that, you know? Um, and I mean, for me, I think it would be more like maybe location or like role play. Like I definitely, um, you know, I'm definitely into the whole like dungeon vibe, you know, like torture chamber type thing. Also, I'm, I'm kind of into the medical stuff, like not not necessarily medical play like in BDSM, but like the whole kind of like, I don't know, aesthetic, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> well, like, I think it would be more like, oh, let's do this and pretend that it's like you're in a torture chamber and I'm torturing you for information or, you know, you're the nurse and I'm the patient and you've strapped me down for a full body, you know, like examination. Um, I think that would be more sort of in the realm of what would interest me um, because like the very basics of like tie someone up and tickle them, you know, I've done that. And, um, and it's not like, oh, well, fantasy fulfilled. I never want to do it again. Um, you know, I probably will never get sick of it. Um, but it's not a particularly difficult fantasy to realize if you have, you know, a willing partner. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be more just like little bells and whistles. Nice. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think just uh, to wrap this up, you know, we just love getting guests on like you who, you know, are experiencing this so sex positive, able to explain their kink. I just think no matter what, every time we put out an episode like this, there's someone listening 
that it helps just because they're starting to kind of uh, explore their own kink and you know kind of figure whatever it may be out about themselves or a partner even uh, so is there anything that you would say to you know someone listening who might want to get into either this fetish specifically or really just anything i guess just kind of any advice on you know how to start out that kind of journey and exploration for themselves Oh gosh, that's such like a big question. Um, yeah, because there's like so many things to talk about, like in terms of like safety and you know this and that and how to meet people and blah blah blah. You know, uh, I you know I would say I there was a um, this guy is a little bit problematic. I always preface this by saying that, but I I do really I I've taken a lot of of Dan Savage's advice to heart over the years. I've read Savage Love for years. And he had some comment once where he said that you should treat your own kinks like they're Christmas presents that your partner gets to open, not like, oh, these th- here's this shitty thing about me, sorry, you know, but rather like, here's a gift to you that's very exciting and we get to explore it together. Um, and I would say that, yeah, like if a person is inclined towards something sexual that is a little bit outside of the norm, um, you know, instead of coming to a partner and saying like, Oh my God, I have this horrible confession to make. I hope you don't hate me instead being like, Hey, you know, I've always had this interest in whatever. And like, would you be, you know, you can say no, but would you be interested? You know, more of an intriguing positive thing and less of a self deprecating I'm screwed up kind of thing, because there's a lot of kinky people out there. And, you know, chances are, if you look hard enough, you'll find somebody who, if they're not into what you're into, they're at least open-minded and interested in exploring. And I also think that like, if you're attracted to somebody, even something that you might thought you might have thought in the past, like, Oh, I'd never be interested in this all of a sudden become sexy because the person you're with is sexy. So. Yeah. That is a, that is a really like cool way of thinking about it because I do think there's a lot of stigmas around people who have kinks or fetishes or, you know, things of that nature. Um, but it is a very interesting kind of perspective to be like, think of them as like gifts that you get to show someone and explore and go down, you know, this kind of road. Um, but yeah, we, we appreciate you coming on and, and, and sharing, um, you know, everything about this. Uh, it's very interesting. And also, you know, I feel like we ended on a perfect note there where you were kind of shifted the perspective of kinks and fetishes. And I could easily talk about it for 45 minutes more. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it and, um, you know, kind of share about maybe what's what's maybe a, le- a slightly lesser known fetish. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So how do you feel about tickling? <laughs> you know... I think she was awesome because she just made it so much bigger than tickling, you know, but she did. I mean, the way that she spoke about it was like, I feel like I was speaking to a, like, uh, like a, like a sex teacher. Yeah. Sort of. No, definitely. You know what I mean? Like I was getting like the lowdown of like all of it, not just like the tickling obviously, but just like the mentality and the, Mm-hmm. you know the thought process behind it makes a lot of sense when you think about it yeah definitely i think tickling specifically you know it just it interests me because it is you know one of those it kind of falls in that category of kinks where we've kind of all experienced it to some degree just not 
in a sexual way necessarily. So it's like, it, it's always cool to me when we, we know the feeling, you know, of what this thing is, but now you're understanding that this feeling means so much more to someone else, you know, or the way they're just kind of perceiving it in their mind or the sexual arousal that comes with it is just so different for this thing that, you know, physically we do know what it feels like. And I mean, I'm fairly indifferent to tickling. I don't think I'm super ticklish. It is, it's fun to tickle people. Like I will, I don't like go around tickling strangers, but like I've, I feel like in relationships and stuff, like, you know, you can jokingly tickle. I don't go out of my way, but it's, uh, you know, it's, I feel like you've never tickled someone. No, I mean, I've tickled people, obviously. I mean, it's not something that I like actively do to flirt or, you know, definitely not something that I think would like arouse somebody unless they asked me to. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't like getting tickled at all. I no, hate it. You strike yeah, me as that person. I don't think I do either. I, it's it just it's ticklish. <laughs> it's just not a good feeling. Like I'm like ah, like a I don't know. It's like a a nerve thing. I guess I don't know. But yeah, it's very interesting. And also, it made a lot of sense what she was saying with like the bondage sort of bridge there that kind of like bridges these things together is like the bondage and the tickling or whatever. Um, it's like a non violent violence in a way that's a weird way to put it but like it is it's a playful domination totally yeah it's you know what i mean it's very dominant i feel like i've seen some like bdsm videos where like someone's like strapped up and there's like a feather i was gonna ask her about the feather but then she like different toys and yeah 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 she said toothbrush and i went what like i that one i didn't understand like yeah that's a weird one um but the feather i feel like is a popular one of like tickling but yeah yeah no it's uh it's it's interesting i think it's um it's it's probably fairly common compared to some of the things we've spoken about recently um which include things like poop and clowns and sneezes so i you know we've definitely gotten a handful of emails too you know about tickling but uh yeah just you know really cool and and like we were saying it's just uh I just think no matter what, like, no matter what the kink is, no matter what the fetish is, you know, to speak with someone like her who uh, has just been able to open communication, you know, like open lines of communication so well um, to partners and to herself too, because I think that's a big part of it uh, is, you know, a lot of people not necessarily being honest with themselves or suppressing it or like she said at the end, you know, approaching this as, this is something wrong with me. This is something obscure. This makes me different um, versus, you know, this makes me special. This is something that's fun to explore. And I'm, like she said, going to present this to you like a gift almost. And I think that's a really cool way to just kind of, you know, tie this all in and just like, I guess as a sort of universal message for so many of the kinks and fetishes Mm -hmm. that we've spoken about on this show. Uh, And that was, you know, a great kind of perspective to to add to the, the bunch yeah for sure um but yeah awesome uh for anyone out there who wants to be a part of the show like i said in the beginning uh don't hesitate to reach out to us you can go to our website oplshow.com or uh just send us an email oplpodcast at gmail.com uh we're gonna go through all of them and uh set something up but uh yeah yeah follow us on instagram at oplpodcast if you want to become a patron to support the show get a bunch of bonus episodes go to patreon.com slash show. Uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes if you're listening or subscribe, comment, let us know how you feel about the episode. 
Yep, that is all. See you guys next time.